there is a huge difference between a role model a mentor and a sponsor a role model is somebody that you may or may not know is somebody that you're reading up in news media textbooks etc and you're saying i can be like that right so a mentor is somebody that you know but can help you with guide you and teach you tangible stuff right within where you are right now and a sponsor is actually somebody who can move the needle for you so somebody who can write you a check somebody who can give you a promotion somebody who can make game changing intros for you somebody who can recommend you to media for interviews and exposure and there is data actually so women tend to be two times over mentored three times under sponsored so you know so women don't want more of the free gyan you know what they actually need is somebody who can give them that check give them that promotion trust them with that backing and that project or whatever is the next opportunity for them in life that blew my mind that blew my mind yeah i love that that was our guest varsha adusimili And she is the founder of Wonder Girls, a definitive platform for adolescent girls in India to become future leaders. She is also the author of the best-selling book, Wonder Girls, which chronicles in-depth life journeys of relatable female role models and their career paths. The book has been taught extensively in over 150 classrooms across five cities, which later turned into a digital program centered around female role models. And today we're going to be talking about mentorship with Varsha. Aditi, do you have a role model, a mentor and a sponsor and if so, who are those three people? Yes, I have all three and I mean, now that I sort of go back and think about it, I remember the first time in terms of role model, I remember watching Margaret Cho on YouTube. She is an Asian American queer comedian and she was just so badass and so flamboyantly dressed and I was in love I was like oh my god I want to be her so badly and then there was uh, I was reading Chelsea Handler who is an American comedian I was reading her book which was called Are You There God It's Me Vodka and I think that was that was the moment when I read when I was reading her book I was like oh my god I want that like I want that life for myself and not the vodka i'll be honest my drink of choice is gin <laughs> that's good so those are your role models yeah that's right and how about mentor you know i again i am so blown away that these are three different concepts because a lot of them have sort of like intercut in between each other right there was janet mcclord who's a comedy show producer in australia who i constantly email much to her chagrin you know asking her questions about what i should do next and you know how i can do it next and she has been more than forthcoming with her time and she has also simultaneously been someone who is constantly recommending me for stuff when lockdown hit she you know set up like these groups where all international comedians came together she would do these shows where all international comedians would come together and so we were performing for these huge audiences across the world and meeting comics from across the world and it was incredible and i was like this experience could have only happened in the middle of a worldwide pandemic while everybody else was like you know well, okay well at least personally i was on the verge of a mental breakdown yeah well and it sounds like she's then a mentor and then she's also creating opportunities yeah Yeah. And then uh, straight up, you know, someone who's been sort of my sponsor is and she is a friend as well. Her name is Jia Sethi. She's a comedy producer and a stand-up comedian here in Mumbai. And she has, I swear to you, she has honestly put so much faith in me as a performer. I worry for her. 
I <laughs> I don't have that much faith for my like in myself as a performer and as a comedian, and she does. And I think that is you know through a lot that has kept me going. So I mean, in terms of sponsors, I have literally I mean I think the whole act of you know public performance and entertainment is finding a sponsor. And I have been doing this for ten years, and I have been sponsored by the most generous, kind people. So I have been very lucky. What about you? Oh, what about me? Let's see. Role model, like when you just asked me off the top of my mind, <laughs> I feel like I think of people like a Reese Witherspoon or a Tina Fey and that I'm not in that genre, but I love that they are unapologetically them and they just do these projects that are very female-led, female-forward, female-driven, and they're not trying to fit into the general broad range of companies and entertainment. They're unapologetically women-led. And I would actually say that my mentor and my sponsor might be the same person. I have a woman named Pia Oberoi. She's one of my bosses. And she's such a good model of, she both mentors me and she's really created opportunities for me over the years. So she does both. And for me, that's such a good model. And so I'm really excited to talk to our guest today, Varsha. Varsha, we are so happy to have you here today to talk a bit about mentorship and also to hear more about your own work and some of the wonderful things that you are doing with Wonder Girls to help women bring other women up the ladder. So maybe one thing I'd love to start with today is tell me a little bit more about your own background and how you started to do this work. So Christina, you know, I actually am an engineer from a college called Bits Pilani. And like most engineers in India, you know, I ended up doing completely something else, right? And not necessarily engineering. And I began my career in 2010. I was working at a media startup for almost four years in Bangalore. I had an opportunity to exit that, which I had done in early 2015. And after that, I'd spent two years at a venture capital firm where I set up a $10 million seed fund. And, you know, I was absolutely not aware of the women's workforce participation problem in India, right? I mean, even though I worked in these very male-dominated spaces and even engineering college was largely male-dominated, right? I think in a batch of 550 people, we had 60 or 70 girls, right? And even then it did not occur to me that something was wrong, right? And what has happened was that I actually was at my best friend's wedding, uh, you know, in one of the North Indian states where I met a lot of young people who were very curious about the fact that there's a South Indian at this wedding, right? And they will all circle around me and start asking me questions, right? For example, Vivi, how old are you? You know, why are you still not married? You came all the way from Bangalore to here all by yourself. You know, your friend is getting married, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I was fascinated by their questions about my personal life. And in a couple of days, once these girls kind of became friends, then they started asking me questions that were deeply personal. Did I really want to become a doctor? But my parents want me to get married. How should I go home and talk to them to not do that? Or somebody said, Didi, I really want an internship in Bombay or Delhi. Can you teach me how to write a resume, right? So that's when it occurred to me that, you know, the concept of relatable role models is extremely important, right? So these girls have actually never met a Didi next door who is, you know, a venture capitalist or a product manager or a designer or whatever to say, how can I have that job? 
right? And when they see that, you know, all their innate desires start coming out and they start asking questions, right? So that's when I realized that something was off. And I came back to Bangalore and I spoke to a lot of my friends. None of them knew about the women's workforce participation problem. And I've started doing my research then. And this was in 2018, I think. And that's when for the first time, I found out that only 24% of working age women in India back then were working, right? And actually the numbers were falling down as well. And that was my, you know, initiation into this space, if you will. And that led to my first book, Wonder Girls. And it also then led to the fellowship program that we now run. So that's a little bit about me and how I got interested in this space. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. I, you know, I love that story for two reasons. One, because complete lack of boundaries by North Indians expected. And uh, I mean, I say this lovingly as a North Indian myself. You know, the second thing that you mentioned was that you were in a position where you were the one among very few. And yet this was not a problem that struck you. And I do think that, you know, a lot of the leaders and a lot of women currently in the workspace, as you use the word silo, we also have a sense of exceptionalism, right? We think, oh, yeah, well, you know, this is just like there's four people in my whole industry that are, you know, of the same gender or sexuality as me. And that's just how it is. We don't sort of tend to think beyond that. And, you know, your work has sort of like reached above and beyond, you know, just merely answering questions of curious North Indians. So congratulations. You know, what's interesting, too, is it's around that 2018-19 where we at Women in Labor first started to notice that there was something up as well. And once you start looking at it or you hear about it, you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> you know, like, wait, how did we, how do we miss that? You know, like, it's interesting that it was around the same time for you as well. Tell us a bit more about Wonder Girls and what does it do? So we began work in classrooms, Christina, and, you know, and the way we actually began working in classrooms is that we partnered with Teach for India and IT schools, and they run spectacular classrooms in low-income communities. And my book was actually getting taught in about 150 classrooms, right? And what the teachers had done is that they began introducing relatable role models, which is DDs were neurosurgeons, product managers, scientists, marketers, you know, what have you in a classroom setting, right? Um, and it has actually done wonders. You know, it's obviously made the girls more confident, but what it has also done is that it has made the boys respectful and empathetic, right? So in every classroom, you know, we'd hear girls say, I want to become a doctor, but I didn't know how to get there. But now I know Vasundara Didi's journey, so I'm going to follow that path, right? And we had boys say, you know, I never thought girls can do so much. And now I've completely changed my mind, right? Or, you know, my role model now is Rucha Nirale, who's a flight commander, right? And we saw that in some classrooms, the boys actually began doing chores because they were having these discussions in classrooms. And which is why... You know, we advocate that female role models in curriculum is extremely important. And if you actually go and speak to teachers today, they will ask for it, right? They will say that in our textbooks, we have one female character, right? Whether it's in literature, history, or, you know, whatever else. And everybody else is, you know, a male that you are really reading about, right? So the teachers are actually very hungry to introduce female role models in their classroom, right? And we think that like Delhi government has done a lot of work with health and entrepreneurship. 
So we began doing work at Wonder Girls with the classroom project. And then eventually we launched the fellowship program, right? Which is, you know, our answer to Girl Scouts, right? And we, you know, met hundreds of parents, hundreds of girls, teachers, etc. And we realized that there's a huge gap for, you know, programs for teenage girls in India, right? I mean, in the US, you have Girl Scouts built by girls who are all doing fabulous work. And you can actually see the correlation between participation in these programs and outcomes over a long period of time, right? And of course, because these organizations are hundreds of years old, and you do see when you look at the numbers in Fortune 500 CEOs, or whether you look at numbers in, in entrepreneurship, you know that 70 to 80% of female you know, leaders in those spaces have actually been part of these programs, right? And we did realize that the Indian parent was very hungry for a similar program. That's when we launched the fellowship program. You know, the one comment I wanted to make was that you were like, oh, like little boys started doing chores. And I was like, we should have or like, you know, Katka Boys, like the next thing. Where it's just a series of books, like a series of small stories about like, you know, these heroes. Sachin Tendulkar does the dishes. Aisa karke one like essay. <laughs> or like, you know, Ranveer Singh ne jhadu kiya. And uh, like, I think, I think that might be, that's my next, um, I mean, you go ahead with Wonder Girls. <laughs> yeah, this is my next project. You know, what is one of the things that we discovered in Women in Labor Season 1 is that one of the main reasons prohibiting women from participating in the workforce was the sheer amount of unpaid work that they have to do and the disparity in what men are doing versus what women are doing. And the gap there... I, Roughly, loosely, the data is, and Varsha, maybe you know the exact, but I think it's about men are doing about an hour or 45 minutes of unpaid work, and women are doing something like six to eight hours of unpaid work a day. And if you can even bring that down by two hours, meaning close the gap, let's say men start doing three hours or even two hours, and women start, you know, if you reduce women's unpaid work by two hours, you can see a potential jump of 20% in the workforce. So I love, we both, you could see both of us perk up and you're like, you, the boys started doing chores. And we were like, hmm. And I'm telling you, boys who cut car is the next one. And it's just, it's just all he, like Amitabh Bachchan, you know, like with like wet clothes on his shoulder, just standing there in the, I think it would, that would like change women's participation in the workforce. In my personal opinion. <laughs> well, and I also love this thing of looking at the fact that textbooks had one female character, you know, or one woman in his, in the history book or two women. I think that that's a fascinating way to do it. I think to to be able to envision becoming something, you have to be able to see it in a relatable way. And there is data to back this, right? I mean, I'm sure you folks already know, uh, you know, Gina Davis has actually put out some definitive research on women in media, right? And they've done some research around what X-Files has done to a generation of women in the States, right? Basically, what they have found out is that regular female viewers of X-Files, right, where Dana Scully was this medical doctor, FBI agent character, Regular viewers of the show, women, were 50% more likely to go ahead and pursue a career in STEM because they perceived that as cool, right? So what you see is actually what you can become. And if in our textbooks, we actually don't give space for women who have agency, who are working, who are leaders, 
you're not setting the benchmark for boys and girls and which is why work in classrooms you know at that age is super critical and maybe it is hard right away for us to revamp curriculums right because those things might take decades but what the governments can actually do is at least do a support curriculum right like the delhi government has done healthcare curriculum and entrepreneurship curriculum can they do a female role model and career path curriculum right that's a good place to start I love that idea. Who do we write to about that? Uh, <laughs> oh, here's a question. Varsha, who were your mentors? So I had lots of mentors, right? I mean, and I was very lucky because I also went to a great undergrad school. So my first set of mentors were actually my peers, right? Because when I was, you know, 17, I saw some of my closest friends already writing their resumes in the first year, December, to kind of go and get internships, right? And I'd look at them and say, you know, you're in first year. Why are you writing a resume, right? And and I learned writing my resume from my peers, right? So actually, your first set of mentors are usually peers, right? And that's why having a great peer network becomes very, very important for women, right? So my first mentors were actually my friends, is what I'd say, because I learned a lot from them. And then after that, I worked six internships when I was at a university, right? And pretty much everybody I worked for was a mentor, you know, and they really changed my life because sometimes what mentors do, you know, for example, in my fourth year of college, I was working for this lady called Priya Nayak in Bombay, and she was setting up this CSR advisory called Samhita, and it was we were all little working out of a little apartment. Very very accomplished woman, but I was only twenty then. But she's told me that you know you're very bright, you know I really trust you. You're very smart. You're good at what you do, and just hearing that from somebody who is you know fifteen years ahead of you is extremely accomplished, really makes a difference to you know. what you think you can do right in life so some of that has happened for me very early on and which is why i encourage women to actually make use of your university time you know go and do half a dozen internships you have nothing to lose right and you will potentially find one or two mentors who can make a huge difference to your career going forward right and i'd actually like to tell a little story for whatever it is worth so yeah this was in 2009 uh, right and i spent an entire semester at amazon and you know there was somebody called tony shay right he built a company called zappos in the us and i was very fascinated by what he built and i somehow you know as a cocky 20 year old wrote an email to tony saying look tony i really like what you built and i want to dig deep into your company and they have something called a culture document which is internal and they publish that book every year i said i'm a student in india and i really really want to read that book right and can you ship me a copy the man responded shipped me two copies right and that was extremely powerful for me because you know i realized that if you ask sometimes you do get responses right and people do help you out right and you know it's these little things and these little acts of kindness right from strangers like tony which actually give you the confidence to go out and pursue things right so ask and you may just get and when tony passed away last year i was gutted <laughs> do you know that's so incredible because you are so right that especially when you're a student ask you have nothing to lose nobody's threatened by you ask you ask 30 people and two people will respond but ask and you you know and that feels like a inherently scary thing to do like i mean i don't think we grow up conditioned to ask for things that we think we deserve 
you know uh, whether it's mentorship whether it's a copy of a book where we want to you know get information from uh, do you have any suggestions to like if there's a young woman girl listening to this right now what would you recommend to her to bolster her you know her ability to ask so that's a really really good question aditi and actually you know when i was in my 20s i used to kind of show up at events a lot right and usually at these events you will have you know somebody in the audience get up and say can you be my mentor to somebody on the stage right it's bizarre it never works please don't do it right so you know please don't do it asking is a good thing but you should also know what to ask and how to ask right that is extremely important and the way to actually get mentors is by proving to a potential mentor that you are high potential right and you can be coached and when you actually reach out to them show them some of your work and actually ask them for tangible things that they can help you with right it could be stuff like you know look i don't understand how to solve this problem at work can you help me figure this out over a cup of coffee right or it could be that look i want to you know get promoted by next year what are the tangible things that i can start doing now so that i can get promoted next year right or i'm looking to jump to another company can you introduce me to folks who will interview me right or i need a hike you know how should i think about my negotiation right so these are tangible asks so reach out to people introduce your work introduce yourself and ask for something that they can do for you in this moment right and also i think women are very uncomfortable being transactional they think that when you give and take relationships are you know spoiled because you're bringing a layer of transaction into relationships right but it's important for women to get comfortable with the fact that all work relationships are transactional they are about give and take and you should be comfortable giving you should also be comfortable taking right and i think that shift in mindset is extremely important and all mentorship relations are organically developed right you don't ever go to somebody and say can you become my mentor and they don't become your mentors right you start asking them for a cup of coffee you ask for tangible help and over time it could potentially become something which is mutually enriching right so i think learning how to ask for mentorship is also very important mm, yeah that's really good yeah. advice no yeah i, would, I like if that. someone was like become my mentor i would have been like please find someone you know who can actually help you out thank <laughs> you know i'm busy washing my dogs <laughs> I, don't, i don't have the time to gian you know and so now if suppose i am seeking a mentor you know or i'm seeking two mentors uh, you know ji on both ends how would one go about it like there are programs like yours but how would one go about it generally yeah so you know actually i'd like to point out that there are two different things right usually when women are standing up in events and saying will you be my mentor i think deep down what they are asking is will you be my sponsor right can anybody sponsor me is what they are asking right so there is a huge difference between a role model a mentor and a sponsor right a role model is somebody that you may or may not know is somebody that you're reading up in news media textbooks etc and you're saying i can be like that right so a mentor is somebody that you know but can help you with guide you and teach you tangible stuff right within where you are right now right and a sponsor is actually somebody who can move the needle for you so somebody who can write you a check somebody who can give you a promotion somebody who can make game changing intros for you right somebody who can recommend you to media for interviews and exposure right and there is data actually right so women tend to be two times over mentored 
three times under sponsored right so you know so women don't want more of the free gyan you know there is a lot of going around already anyway right what they actually need is somebody who can give them that check give them that promotion you know trust them with you know that backing and that project or whatever is the next opportunity for them in life right and i think it's important for women to understand the difference between mentors and sponsors and one way to actually seek a sponsor is by actually asking i want a promotion how will i get it i want a hike you know how can i get it right i want to start a startup give me the check you know will you be my angel investor right and i also feel like you know women often time in these relationships they feel like you know i'm working 200% you know i'm going to put my head down and focus on my work and things will fall in my lap they don't fall in your lap right? you have to go out there and ask right so that is something that women can tangibly start doing today right how do i actually go to somebody who has the ability to sponsor and ask them to give me the money ask them to give me the promotion ask them to put me on a challenging project which will really push my career forward right so i think even though it's uncomfortable women should start doing these things that's such a good thing and a good way to think about it in your mind i wonder too asking can be often it feels scary and uncomfortable for many women and maybe one way to consider it is to think maybe set yourself just to get used to it set yourself a goal of like once a month i'm going to make an ask it could be small right it could be you know it could be something that isn't like give me a million dollars but <laughs> you know like, like an ask and maybe start with i'm going to make one ask every month as a way to just get yourself used to it as a pattern um you know and get over that fear of initially doing it i think yeah i don't know do you know sorry this is a creepy thing to say but i was actually talking to a male friend of mine who was you know who's got like i mean i think all guys have this thing where they're like i'm just so shy i don't know i'm just so awkward that's why girls don't like me i was like build a personality but one of the <laughs> things that apparently somebody told him was ask more women out get used to rejection so that when the time comes or when you do get acceptance when some poor girl is you know down on her luck and she finally says hey okay fine let's you know go grab that coffee you're not shocked you're not horrified you've done the work behind and so that getting used to rejection is really useful is really useful yeah i completely agree and i wonder one other thing that you that you mentioned before was that every relationship is a two-way street. A lot of times when we think about mentorship, we think of the mentor just giving and the mentee receiving. But I think it's good to think about it as a two-way street. What are things that people who are being mentored, what can they be conscious about building in what they offer a potential mentor? Yeah. I think sometimes you know you probably can't offer much back to a mentor and I think it's okay right in those situations to be comfortable with that right to say somebody has done so much for me you know maybe the person is extremely powerful rich you know whatever and maybe there's nothing you can do for them except for maybe you know making use of what they've done for you right and actually succeeding and sometimes for mentors who are quite senior up 
maybe that's the only thing that you can do just continuing to succeed right but there are times right where you know you have these mentor mentee relationships where even as a mentee you can add value to a mentor's life right and most beautiful mentor mentee relationships actually tend to be you know this way right where even the mentor feels comfortable to call the mentee and say i'm unable to understand this right can you teach me how to do this right so there are so many things which you can actually do for people who are 10 20 years ahead of you and it's great do you know the one line of yours that i absolutely wickedly took delight in i mean in that like you know it's pathos wala way was when you said that women are three times more over mentored and then you know half or one fourth the amount funded and you know with wonder girls you have set up a network of female mentors specifically and so can you speak to those two points and how they correlate if they correlate yeah so our work at wonder girls aditi is that you know our programs are designed for teenage girls right and our programs are actually designed around four cornerstones which is the first one is actually learning directly from remarkable role models right and when we actually get remarkable leaders on the same plane with the young girls you're bridging the aspiration gap as well right you know they're getting an opportunity to kind of ask questions to really successful female leaders so in their own heads their ambition positions actually change quite a bit right and we also focus quite a bit on peer networking and we teach them ways in which they can actually reach out to young reach out to potential role models mentors and sponsors in structured ways right and we also map each one of them to internships so that they can actually get those real world opportunities early on right and the very moment you are able to kind of impact teenagers by giving them all of these skill sets our belief is that they'll show up into the workforce very very differently right and for boys you know mentorship and sponsorship tends to be organic for women and girls you have to create structured environments in which these things happen right which is what we try and do at wonder girls how do we make that shift from giving gyan to giving opportunity and my second question is if there's one thing that listeners can do who are you know to help affect change across this issue who are maybe in that position but maybe are in positions where they're starting out so please go ahead on my two pronged question <laughs> no i think the good news christina is that you know this is changing right i mean in india today i mean there are so many fabulous platforms right you know women are getting these opportunities right senior women are getting opportunities to mentor and sponsor slightly younger women i think the place to start is to actually by educating yourselves right i mean i give you an example i was once talking to an hr and i said look we don't have enough female candidates who applied should we do something about it to which she said oh no 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 we you know we are fair you know we have to operate by merit so whoever applies applies and within that we'll you know we'll operate by fair play right and then i had to show her literature which says that you know for the same competitive job women don't actually apply right because they think they are unqualified so you have to go out there and seek them out so what i had done is that i had actually gone out and asked people to introduce me to potential female candidates for that particular hire right and when we actually rolled out offers we actually gave offers to two boys and two girls right these were young professionals but we had done that right so often times women you know or men don't pay attention to this stuff because they don't have literature access to literature and education 
So the first step to actually do is to deep dive and learn about the topic, right? If enough female candidates are not applying for high potential jobs, why are they not? And what can you do about it, right? And where can you go and find them, right? And you begin from that place. And I think that's my advice to young women and, you know, slightly older women, which is get access to literature and be serious about it, you know, commit to learning about the problem and then automatically you will start wanting to change it. Ji, may I share a story? So now, like for, for about eight years, no, six years now, whenever I do a corporate show, I always take a female opening act with me, okay? Always. Just without any doubt, without any question, I'm like, listen, if I'm coming, if you want to hire me, there will be a female opening act. I'm so sorry. And like I've taken it on with the understanding that, look, Laundry to karte rehte na, ek ke liye, without any guilt. Apne dosto ko leke jate hai, you know, so why should I feel like nahi, nahi, main to, you know, main uska merit ke, nahi, nahi, aurat hai, au, chalo, jate hai. And <laughs> I was doing a show for like what was a, you know, a very high net worth group, okay? So I do the show and then um, the show gets over and then, uh, you know, this gentleman comes up to me and he's like, hello, I am a person of extremely high net worth. So I was like, hello, I, you know, this is my bank account, can I have five rupees? And then he says, <laughs> and then he says, you know, he says, you were good, Aditi. So I was like, I know, I've been doing this for 10 years. I better be good. So then he says, but, you know, that girl, the girl who opened for you was really, really good. So I said, I know, she's hilarious. And he goes, but why are you nurturing your own competition? And I was like, you know, there's space for more than one human female. And how about this, you know, that, because he was high net worth individual and because I'm a, I guess the word is bitch. I, so I, I told him, I said, and don't worry, yaar. Like, you know, even if she like, he's like, but what if she gets, she, you know, she becomes bigger than you. I said, don't worry. Even if she becomes bigger than me, you know, what will happen? She'll be performing for Ambani. I will still always be available to perform for you, na. <laughs> Let me just say, I have never been called back to perform for that group of high net worth individuals. <laughs> Honestly, worth it. <laughs> I couldn't agree more because I think the more women we have, the better off we are. You know, I think we're going to make incredible advocates for one another and being generous like a DTU demonstrated. Stop it. Isn't My it GPA such... number is 98... Please, 7 rupees plus GST. If anyone is moved by my story, <laughs> you see, the competition is getting ahead of me. This is how I make my money now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know, my thing with the mentoring, fentoring and all this crap is, I only mentor people who I think are better than me, like, or have the potential to be better than me. Because how boring to hang around in rooms where you're the best at everything and all. Where, where are you growing? So I'm like, you know what, I only want to mentor people who could potentially become my boss so I can friggin' relax. Like, Well, Varsha, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you about mentorship and mentors we can relate to and asking. Thank you so much for joining us on Women in Labor. It was a joy. Thank you so much for having me. For more information on the podcast, visit womeninlabor.com or search for Women in Labor on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Women in Labor is made by executive producers Christina McGillivray, Aditi Mittal, and Laura Quinn. Head of production, Mae Thomas. Senior producer, Divita Oberoi. Chief of staff, Priya Kapoor. 
Marketing Director, Manya Sachdeva, American Center Team, Joy King, Porva Jassy, Minjon Bay, and Radhika Sangar. Junior Producer, Niket Nake. Junior Editor, Yash Hirve. Mix Engineer, Kartik Kulkarni. This podcast is generously supported by a grant from the American Center, New Delhi. The opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of women in labor and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State.